Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 9, issue 443. We're returning to Tetris with the two games that came out after we did our previous Tetris show, Tetris Effect and Tetris 99. So, joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 443 are, oh, Brain Edwards, according to my typing. Um, I just want to say to you, Leon, specifically, and to the audience, I'm yours forever. And I just want that to get that <laughs> That's across. Very sweet of you. And Leah Haydu. Hello. I, I can't follow that up. That's okay. And Richard Davison. I think it just goes to, to say, like, we are all connected, Brian. Indeed. So, yes, two games uh, in this podcast. Listener, we covered Tetris up to this point, way back in May 2017. Uh, issue 270, you can find that at canorince.com or on Spotify. Just search the internet for it, obviously in which uh, myself and Leah, as well as Josh and Carl, uh, we went all the way back to the original Tetris and our early experiences and through multiple versions and variants. And we talked about some of the the Grandmaster versions and the NES World Championships and et cetera, et cetera. So we also, I think, said in that show that because books, literally multiple books have been written about the history of Tetris, and a documentary film's been made about the history of Tetris and a drama, I think, as well. We didn't really feel the need to go into that because that is all out there and very much covered. So in this show, we're just going to talk about the two Tetrises or Tetrixes. I realised there's never been a Tetrix. Why? Why isn't there a game called Tetrix? I like it. Uh, the ones that came out after we did our last show. But I guess we just we didn't know they were even coming at that point. Certainly the second of the two, Tetris 99. Tetris Effect, then, is synesthesiac Tetris? Synesthesiatic? Synesthesiatic? Yeah, anyway, that one, where, the, where it all goes together. It's produced by Tetsuya Mitsuguchi. Developers are credited as Monstars and Resonair, but looking at the production CVs of both those studios, they're exactly the same games. So I don't know how, what the how that works. Monstars and Resonair seem to be the same, as do the publishing branch, Enhance Games, the same games again. So I think Enhance is Mizuguchi's company. So it's confusing. Uh, I didn't have time to look into it more deeply, but effectively those three names are all on Tetris Effect and they all appear to be very closely related to one another. If anyone knows the difference between them uh, probably our old friend of the show james milky has an idea as he's a, a friend of old friend of mizuguchi but um yeah i don't exactly know one thing i really want to stress in this show is that tetsuya mizuguchi is the producer of this game and obviously it's got his mighty paw prints all over it but he's not the director of this game director is actually takashi ishihara who uh, previously worked on things like Dragon's Dogma. He worked on the quests for that and the Sega Mega Collection Plus, uh, as well as uh, uh, he's a games designer on the 2020 Resident Evil 3. Um, so, yeah, he's got a kind of bit of a more, well, so not more eclectic than Mitsuguchi because Mitsuguchi's made Sega Rally and uh, every Extend Extra and Res and everything else. But, yeah, I think he doesn't get enough credit, Takashi Ishihara, because it always goes straight to... Mizuguchi, um, who, as I say, actually has a producer credit on this particular game. Before looking at the show notes for today, I would have bet 
dollars to donuts that Ms. Gucci was the director of this game. Yeah. I just assumed nope. he was involved in all the press for the game, yep. and it was a person that was clearly the uh, the intended face for it. But yeah, I found that found that to be pretty fascinating. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Ishihara-san has any beef about the fact that he directed the game, and uh, and hardly anyone knows his name. He's also the art director of the game, so I mean that's a pretty the director and art director of Tetris Effect. It may maybe Mizuguchi's brainchild and and concept and and obviously the DNA leads all the way back to Child of Eden and Res and all that other stuff. But uh, Luminez, of course. But really, I think yeah. Shout out to Ishihara, I say. The game concept uh, is credited to both of them, and the inspiration, guidance, and support credit goes to Hank Rogers. Uh, we probably talked more about him in the previous Tetris podcast, and again. It's all out there. Uh, there's a huge list of credits for all the various musics, of course. We'll talk about our feelings on that. And the game is made in Unreal Engine because most things are these days if they're not Unity. Uh, but again, showing what a sort of versatile thing it is, I suppose. It came out in November 2018, initially on the PlayStation 4. Then the following July 2019, arrived on Windows PC and... In May 2020, the Oculus Quest version came out and there's a new version coming, well, nine days from recording. We had no idea when we booked this show in for now that there was going to be another version. Tetris Effect Connected coming out for the Xbox series of consoles, including the new gen November 10th, 2020. And then that will be following up on the other formats next year, I think. I think there's an exclusivity window. The game reviewed really, really well when it came out. 89% sort of critic average from Open Critic. But uh, who of us was jumping up and down to get their hands on an, yet another version of Tetris? Leah, what about you? Yeah, I, I uh, picked this up pretty much at the beginning and played it straight away. Um, I uh, thought about this later i because i until i went back and looked i really don't have any memory of doing the tetris show originally so i had to go back and check that out um yeah you did yeah i no I, no i believe you and i i i verify that i just i i guess i did <laughs> i just, we record a lot of podcasts we um, do a lot of podcasts <laughs> um but yeah so uh i mean i talked on that show about um you know having a a pretty significant history with tetris starting with the game boy that i got when i was eight uh so yes i i was pretty well into this on day one um and i have played through uh largely the uh journey mode is is most of where i've uh i i've almost been and we'll talk a little bit more about the uh the actual setup but um I, I almost treat it as like a, an album, like listening, like I, I really like to be able to do the whole thing at once. Um, so I didn't oh, wow. get as yeah. into some of the challenge modes, although I did uh, play around with some of them, especially right at the beginning. Um, and uh, with regard to Tetris 99, um, not as much experience with that one. No. Um, I did pick that up uh, right when it released. Uh, and played it pretty obsessively for a while. Um, and then I won one round and thought, well, I'm never going to top that. So I kind of stopped <laughs> yeah. playing after that. So I did with uh, with Mario 35. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm never going to get better than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that's that's about where I am. Yeah, played a lot of both of them uh, pretty much right when they came out. And, and some more replays recently as well. Nice. Brian, you a Tetris guy? You weren't on our last Tetris pod? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I am a Tetris guy. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to make a joke about Hatchress, um, which is yes. a game that I have a lot of fondness for as well. But <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, so I, I've been a Tetris guy uh, for a long time. Um, uh, primarily my first Tetris, I didn't have a Game Boy. I had the NES version of Tetris, the yeah. old, um, the the Tengen cartridge of Tetris, which uh-huh. is kind of cool. Um, mm. But um, but yeah, so I play Tetris, you know, just like most people throughout time. I, I, I was a big fan of also the a lot of the side stuff like Tetris Attack um, and, mm. um, you know, Pokemon Puzzle League and, and go on through there. Tetrisphere, I actually played a ton of that. Yeah. Um, but Tetris um, Effect was the impetus for me to end up getting a PlayStation VR. Um, I right. had I had been thinking about PlayStation VR for quite some time, and at the time, I, I had heard so many stories about um, Resident Evil Seven in VR, and then um, at right before Tetris Effect came out, um, Astrobot was getting a lot of publicity too. So I uh, kind of used that as the the launching point, and I got a got a deal and 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 got a PSVR. So I played the entirety of Journey Mode all in VR. Um, for Tetris Great. effect and and just kind of loved it and then um, much like Leah I I did primarily play Journey mode I was actually looking today um, I fired it up played it non in VR and looking at some of my scores compared to some of the other people on the Caners crew and I I was immediately um, doubting my own ability to be on this podcast after seeing some no, of the scores that not people about like high scores <laughs> oh I know but like he's, I was looking at Darren Gargett's scores today particularly I'm like holy moly I don't think I ever got close to that but um i played through journey mode on uh, normal and on hard um yeah. b- both all in vr and i did some of the score chase stuff but really and we'll talk about this more it was much more about kind of the the experience of journey mode for me um is what i what i truly took away so i played a ton of it at launch i dipped back and forth in over over the course of the last couple of years but um probably that first you know two three months it was an almost an everyday thing uh playing at least through one of those uh sets of levels Lovely. Yeah, you qualify. It's, <laughs> it's not about your. It's not about your high scores. Don't I just, I you know, I just, I, I was looking at those scores and said, "Woof!" You know, I got to yeah. get back on my game here. I got to start focusing on some Tetris. Yeah, yeah well, it's all. Yes, you can go for that side of things. I know there was a certain amount of um, toing and froing with high scores among the team back in the day. Uh, Rich, I know you've got VR. Did you primarily get this to play it VR, or was that? just part of the package for you uh it, it wasn't just terrorist effect it was just try and sort of pick back up on the catalog of of those kind of mizuguchi synesthesia titles so i actually hadn't played res before picking it up on on, on psvr terrorist effects not a, a game that i had a particular interest in i was aware of the um really popular youtube video with former polygon staff nick robinson who yeah did a, a, a video with a, the terrorist kind of enthusiast, Trey Harrison, about yes. the, the effect of playing Terrorist Effect in VR. But if I can bury the lead for a little bit, I'll just explain. Like, I'm not a natural Tetris player. I have a, a sort of passive memory of playing Tetris on the Game Boy when I was incredibly young. But um, I, I spoke about this on the blog before and a really kind of irreverent anecdote. I uh, have an irrational sort of fear of like 8-bit kind of and, and 4-bit graphics. So I remember feeling the profound anxiety of trying to complete Tetris as a child and having like recurring nightmares to this day as a 34-year-old man. I often find myself having a, a really bizarre relationship with, with the game. So... Tetris is not something that comes to me naturally, but Tetris Effect is is quite the opposite. In fact, 
I, for some reason, have about 109 hours on the clock. I am now considered to be a Tetris Grandmaster, something yes. that I never thought I would do because I, I hate <laughs> level 100 on, on the game. Um, I don't play in anything other than expert mode at the moment, and I would say about 40 of those 109 hours uh, have been spent primarily on sprint mode, trying to better Darren Gorget's score, who is currently two one-hundredths of a second faster than I am. You're like, uh, and this is a reference that won't work for, well, probably half the people here, let alone the listening audience, but it makes me think you're like a Kevin Keegan figure of uh, Tetris in that you weren't blessed with an, an enormous amount of innate natural ability, but you worked really hard and made the best of yourself. I think so. There's a sort of... So I watched... Um, one of the guys from Hard Drop on SGDQ, I think it was a guy, uh, I can't remember his name, maybe I'll drop it in later in the, the show, and he completed uh, Tetris Effect, the full game, in 34 minutes, and I thought, yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to really hit this and do the research and try and learn the finesse, mm. learn the minimum amount of um, taps it takes to actually get the board, start to build flat, really think about sort of strategically about how to do this, and never quite got there. But a lot of practice went in to try and get the the times and the the ability that I got at the moment. Yeah, the pattern of play for the expert seems to be leaving the line a few columns in from the right uh, that yeah. you top out. Whereas I still play it the the sort of uh, amateurish way, which is where you leave the the gap on the right hand side to clear Tetris's with the line block. So that's uh, definitely my strategy as well. Building an A2 format where you have yeah. as flat as possible eight way eight blocks across and then leave that two gap just to give yourself a little bit of leeway. But that that's definitely not the most sort of slick no. way to play the game, that's for sure. Yeah, you see it well we'll talk about it again with with ninety nine, but you see the really good players have have slightly more to their game than that. Uh, for me, well, I love almost all of Mitsuguchi's games uh, to a greater or lesser extent, going all the way back to the uh, arcades of the 90s. Um, and yeah, but perhaps I, was, I wasn't quite so down with the mechanics of Luminez as some of the others, but uh, but huge fan of Res. And, uh, and although Child of Eden wasn't quite the follow-up that we were hoping for, I still enjoyed it. Uh, and yes, obviously, been playing Tetris for uh, thirty some thirty three years or something like that, on and off on various formats and versions. And so, when I knew this was coming together, uh, again acknowledging the fact that Mizuguchi wasn't actually the director of the game, but I knew that his company was making a Tetris game, I was thinking, yeah, that could work, that could be interesting. But what I didn't expect was just how rapturous the reception would be for it. So it was, I think it was when the preview started to happen and people got some hands on, there were some articles from awestruck journalists kind of saying, oh my God, this is going to be one of my games of the year kind of thing. Uh, so that piqued my interest. I knew it was going to be a, a, a pretty much an early purchase, but I ended up actually playing the demo version up at our Jay's editor of this podcast on VR uh, the demo came out a week or two before the the finished game, uh, and I was staying up there, and uh, and yeah, so I got to play it in VR before I got to play the two D version, the 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 old regular screen version, which is all I've played since. But I've played it tons. I've completed it on uh, the, the 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 regular journey mode and the casual, uh, and I'm about I'm, I'm about halfway through expert, but I'm not yeah you know, I'm not a particularly good Tetris player, but I. I I poke away at it from time to time, and I've set a score or 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 a grade on all of the uh, all of the auxiliary modes as well. So 
but yes, the main thing was just playing through that initial journey mode and and bit like Leah, yeah, I I would sit there and play it through like try to play it through from the beginning and uh and get as far as I could in in one session uh and going through the whole transition uh which is yeah, which is quite something even more overwhelming in VR, I understand. And uh, and a slightly more responsive experience. Uh you mentioned that video um rich the 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 key takeaway for me from that was the fact that the expert tetris player wasn't doing that well when he was plugged into a 4k hdr screen but as soon as he was he had all the all that extra processing taken away by by with his headset on he suddenly got way way better at the game uh and so that is actually a factor to consider similarly when we talk about tetris 99 playing it docked through a, a, a modern TV with all the delay and, and uh, lag that uh, latency that that introduces, you're probably going to do much better at Tetris 99 if you play it handheld. Um, so yeah, it's the sort of it's why you're playing it, I suppose is, is going to be pertinent to how you play it. As always, we've got some correspondence from our community, canorince.com slash forum. We'll start with JB the skater who says, I could never have anticipated the emotional impact that Tetris Effect had on me. Not only could I not have anticipated it, if prior to playing Tetris Effect, someone had suggested that I would have reacted in the manner that I did, I would have been incredulous. The synergy of the visual effects and the music is incredible. For me, it works in perfect harmony. The quiet moments interrupted with some delightful chimes, audio samples and musical preludes are sublime. So too are the moments when the intensity of the game increases, the visuals become more bombastic and the music swells. The effect is wonderful. The game engulfed me in a wave of emotions from tearful to joyous, but always left me smiling. The prima facie simplicity of Tetris Effect belies the complexity and challenge that can be found in the game. That I can play Tetris Effect when I want to relax and also when I want a real challenge speaks to the greatness of the underlying game. The history of Tetris is long and has had its ups and downs, but Tetris Effect represents the franchise's peak for me. I wish I could find the words to put it more eloquently. Tetris Effect just makes me feel happy and peaceful when I play. When I want to relax and completely zone out, I grab the PSVR and I play Tetris Effect. So yeah, a huge part of the appeal is undoubtedly uh, the, the audio-visual. Obviously, we all had plenty of versions of Tetris we could have already played. So where it really separates itself from all previous Tetrises and, and possibly all subsequent ones is that uh, incredible audio-visual presentation. Well, I, I think it's incredible. Um, and as I say, although I don't play it in VR on the regular, I still, every time some of the, the actual screens uh you you segue into the next level and there's a beautifully lit um statues or or uh, or abstract random shapes or or pretty pools of water or skies and mountains plus the sort of accompanying blocks that have appropriate themes and then you factor in the the audio as well um it is completely like yeah i just find it utterly entrancing uh how about let's start with Brian? How much of of that side of things is is the appeal for you? Yeah, uh, it's uh, for for me. It's it's almost all the appeal. When I was reading JB the skater's forum post, it's like it it was as if he was taking it out of my brain because um. And this won't surprise you at all, Leon. I feel like it comes up a lot, but like um, 
that that first that first level when you hit 24 lines and the all the full lyrics kick in and mm. the and you realize that as you're rotating the Tetris piece you're adding piano melody to yeah. the music and that swell comes and the blue light that's been pulsing from the bottom of the screen just kicks in I it was it was that that fundamental VR experience for me that first time I did it like oh this is what this is why you would do this, you know, and and like it made me it literally made me tear up. You yeah. know, I mean, it's like one of those things that you just I hear that it's hard lot. to. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to explain um, because it's not like I'm particularly nostalgic for Tetris. I played it a lot, obviously, but like there was nothing about the 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 sound, the the, the music or the visuals I was seeing that like was striking an emotional chord with me. It was just like literal sensory overload in the most positive sense. And uh, yeah, it just, it, it just, it's, it's powerful. I had my wife play through it afterwards and she's not a big video gamer, but she loves Tetris. Um, yeah. um, and it's just, she had a very similar experience. She kind of took the headset off afterwards and like, you okay. She's like, yeah, it's just, it's almost, it's almost, it's like on the brim of being too much, but it hits you right in that pleasure zone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really quite something. And then, and that's just level one. And then you, <laughs> you, you know, you branch out to everything else. Like yeah. I, um, when I'm replaying it today, uh, or some, some this morning, um, there's the 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 level with uh like all of it's kind of like it looks like um a bunch of people like bowing and praying to these kind of stone deities and this like it's the first level where the where the speed really jumps it's yeah. in the second section level like it just it can hit you from so many different versions and then you go away to this cloud land with all these windmills and it's just like it's it from one to the next it really does just it it kind of does like you can't look away from any of it. It is a journey. Uh, Leah, so you say you like to play it through level after level, stage after stage. Are there any like particular highlights or dare I ask, are there even any combinations of audio visual, you know, any any like music tracks that you just think, oh, I just want to get this one over with so I can get on to the next one? Not not really. Uh, I think that they they even the ones that I'm not uh, that that maybe wouldn't be high up on my list if I had to do a ranking um, are still like they still kind of have their place and they still fit yeah. in uh, mm -hmm. as, and I think that's probably why I like to um, kind of experience them all at, you know, in sequence. Um, I have, I know that there is uh, some kind of, uh, it's not a mod, but like settings that you can set that kind of remove some of the visual elements that like, I guess oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I guess you would probably want to do if you were really going in for the scores, but I, I can't mm. imagine really doing that like there are other versions of tetris that i personally would go for if i if that's what i wanted um yeah and, yeah. I, and i see this in a lot of the correspondence that we got it's it's really just kind of the combination for me like i probably wouldn't i mean the music is wonderful but i probably wouldn't listen to most of it in isolation it, it's yeah, the yeah. combination of mm. that plus the almost meditative state that tetris can kind of induce plus you know the the visuals and the the um, kind of the differences between the various stages that really just uh, they all just fit very well for me yeah I wonder I suppose some of those uh, visual options that you can tinker with I, I guess maybe some of them might be for considering um, accessibility sure. issues maybe sure. and things like photosensitive epilepsy and stuff like that to tone it down a bit make it a bit less kind of full-on or maybe maybe even if you're just prone to migraines or something like that but yeah I've never uh, I don't think I've 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 ever turned anything down on it as such there are aspects to the options or the 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 ways in which you can 
muck around with the uh, the audiovisual side, um, like being able to zoom in on the grid and, and all this kind of thing. But after playing around with that initially, uh, I've just left it. It's just it, it, it. I just leave it where it is, and everything's kind of by default in that respect. But yes, of course, it does. It still seems ironic to me that one of the sort of widely regarded as greatest uh, ex- exhibitions of what VR can bring is a flipping Tetris game, a game that was written in 1984 on a mainframe computer uh, with virtually no graphics, just some just some bricks. But um, but it's not it's not so much about the blocks themselves as everything that's going on around. I did actually have uh, I was playing uh, the expert mode yesterday, and it was the first time where because it is it does get so fast. Uh, it's at that level where when you watch expert Tetris players, you're going, how are they doing that? And then when you play it, you realize that you can almost do it to an extent if you practice a lot, um, but it's still really fast. And some of the foreground stuff, even not in VR, just it was just, you know, elements of the visuals passing in front of the play screen for the first time. It was actually a problem. And so I was thinking, yeah, if I was trying to play this properly, I would, uh, you know, as in not just trying to progress but to actually set really good scores i might i might have to think about just switching all that stuff off but then as you've all sort of implied you might as well just play another version of tetris at, at that point although this is one that has very well occupied you know uh, populated high score tables unlike a lot of versions of tetris so so there is that there is that aspect another thing i wanted to mention uh, i was talking to jay about this on our monthly that we recorded earlier the hdr on this game uh obviously not everyone's got the the setup for this um i play it on a ps4 pro with uh, i think it's higher resolution and an hdr as well uh and for a while and I, I think i got it around the time i think my hdr capable screen was quite new at the time and uh and i wasn't really convinced but now i i can switch between the two and now i've got it all set up right and um hdr really adds to the 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 overall effect both in terms of the luminosity of the lighting and the intensity of it but also the how 3d the the backdrops look um if you get if you get your hdr settings right everything looks much more solid and real i think but yeah rich uh so you have practiced at this to get better as we mentioned i guess without the audio visual side of things would you have been as motivated if this had just been another like one of the many downloadable versions of tetris by ea or ubisoft or whoever's got the license at the point yeah. it's unlikely to have had the same hook it's it's interesting so I, I guess like i speak for the entire crew when i say one of the ethoses of kane and rinse is, is not to use hyperbole and so when i say this i mean it with we as try. much sincerity <laughs> as i possibly can yeah. playing this game in vr is is like a transcendent uh yeah. experience and it's just a sort of like overwhelming sense of being absorbed by all combinations of senses being activated at the same time mm. as i was learning to play the game what i did is to try and take away some of those components that make it too overwhelming and then as i've mm. sort of approached i want to say hour 70 or so what i've done is reintroduce <laughs> them because really what i was finding is that you cease visualizing the board um, with your eyes and you just memorize where the pieces are and yes. the yeah. the um, the next puzzle piece coming along is really what you focused on because you just have a sense of like predictability or a rhythm or a muscle memory that kicks in to try and give you that, uh, that mm. kind of um, reliability of, of what, what's going on. 
I don't play on PSVR anymore, uh, and part of that's because it's a bit of a chore to set up, and I've got little kids who really want to yeah. play on that, and it's probably not um, healthy for them to do that. Um, and the other thing that I found is playing an expert, and certainly playing with the headphones in and totally overwhelmed by the sense, it is really quite emotional, and you do tend to, t- to tear up. So what ends up happening mm-hmm. is that the the um, the goggles on your PSVR start to get really blurry <laughs> as you start to need to blink. So uh. it's just not conducive to playing the game like and intensely. You can't wipe your for eyes. Period of time. No. You got a big helmet all over them. Absolutely, yeah. And and th- if you're playing the game. I want to say properly. So if you're chasing scores, uh, contrary to what you might think, you want to try and stretch this game out for as long as you can to try and make the most of the zone, to try and score the most points. And so you're really spending a long period of time in there just to try and activate as much uh, points as you possibly can. So I spoke before about um, your man Blink from the... uh, from the hard drop community who complete the game in about 34 minutes. Usually my playtime is somewhere in the region of about two hours if I'm trying to do that. And doing that in, in, in VR for two hours is a really difficult experience, not only because of nausea, but also because it's just a completely just overwhelming um, experience to, to put yourself through. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about zone mode because that's possibly the the biggest or most obvious innovation outside of the VR and the graphics and the sound. <laughs> In terms of pure Tetris gameplay, this element is... Uh, so, for those who don't know, journey mode essentially is a line clear mode. Is Essentially, you're trying to get to uh, a predetermined number of lines and every sort of... Uh, Again, predetermined layer of lines you hit, everything changes, sometimes speeds up, sometimes actually slows down, um, depending on the music and, and the effect that, that that they were trying to get across. But uh, zone mode is a case of uh, triggering, often with a trigger, um, a sort of slow down, a slowed down section where the image kind of goes uh, negative, everything calms down a bit. Uh, and any lines that you clear within this do not count towards your total. However, uh, I've not really done my best to understand the scoring within this, but perhaps you folks can explain it to me. What the actual, what the what the maths are? What 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 the what's the score benefit of of these? Or is it just a case of you can get more lines in without completing the stage? It is exactly the case. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think so too. I don't know the exact math of it, but I do know that, like, so obviously when you clear a Tetris four lines at once, um, yeah. you get a significant score bonus for that. But in the zone mode, you it allows you to achieve, you know, higher combinations of that. Yeah. So like, so if you clear, I I can't forget. I I never got more than an Octoris really. That was the one I could pretty much get. You know, if I did it well each time, but uh, Richie probably speaks to you. You can you can clear up to sixteen lines at once. Is that the most you can do? Uh, I think the board is ten across by twenty up. So technically, you can go to Dodecatrix, which I can't remember what that is. My Latin Dodecahexatrix, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty lines, crazy. maybe. Yeah, I've never got. I don't think I've got beyond twelve. Or my highest seventeen. Twelve is my highest. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame. Uh, but yes, you get some cool effects. There's some trophies up for grabs uh, or whatever system you're playing on, achievements, whatever else. But yeah, I tend to find that even though it doesn't aid me actually completing the stage in the sense of um, you're not clearing it, any any lines you clear during the zone don't 
count towards your total, but it just sometimes buys me some time in a slightly less frenzied state to clear some space. I guess that's the scrubby amateurish way to play. Is it? I think in hard mode, like I tend to, to save it for that exact reason, because really, you know, the gravity is so quick and, and it drops almost immediately. What you, I, I don't know, I say what you, I, I mean the royal you, what I tend to do is to roll the Tetris piece along the flattened surface as much as possible. Yep. So keep it moving so that you can try yes. and maneuver it up and along the places. Now that's not great for clearing things quickly. But it certainly helps uh, when you're doing that. And and I, I try and save the zone mode just to try and save my own bacon when things start to get really hairy, which is quite frequent. The only the only way I was able to beat Metamorphosis, which is the the last level that's been talked about a lot about this game, uh, ramp up the difficulty on hard, was specifically by that. Like it was less of a can I clear this many lines, but can I activate zone mode three times in order to try to clear out all the garbage that I've made for myself um, in order to give myself a starting point to try to sneak out a couple more lines. One of the things we no doubt talked about on our previous Tetris podcast were things like the the sort of the evolution of mechanics over the years on Tetris and also things like the how different versions have different levels of stickiness to their blocks uh, and the fact that infinite spin came in at some point um and this game pretty much has that although if you keep spinning one thing i do find playing it on the big screen um is that uh that latency can become a bit of an issue on the super fast uh levels where i don't know it just feels like sometimes i'm still spinning and it gets stuck but i don't know whether that's i don't know whether the window for non-stickiness gets smaller as you keep spinning something like that maybe oh who knows but what i will say is for for me personally what i tend to do as well as uh roll or like turn the piece in in the rhythm of the song so depending on how quick yeah. the song is it usually kind of uh sends me in a position where i'm actually scuppered because i can't roll it in the right way so it's just one of those effects where maybe synesthesia doesn't necessarily complement a, a, like a purist game of terrace in the way that you might imagine and it sounds like for yeah for whatever reason whether it is the the audio visual hooks the fact that it actually makes us emotional this version of tetris in a way that other versions haven't that it sounds like it's motivated us to if not get good then certainly get better at tetris in a way that maybe previous versions didn't obviously you know we all remember being addicted to game boy tetris or whichever other version back in the day but uh i think i think going into tetris effects launch i think it's it still surprises me just how much people got like properly back into tetris yeah i just I think that just is a testament to the game itself, like not Tetris. I mean, Tetris Effect is obviously a stellar version and we've all played bad Tetris, but like, um, at least I think we all have. But like, it it almost reminded me of like Tetris DS, where like I hadn't played Tetris in any Mm. real way, shape or form for a while. And then I got Tetris on the DS, which was my new handheld. And it was a good version of Tetris. And I just remember like there was like just a month of my life where it was like I was just playing nothing but Tetris again. And it's just so easy when it feels good. It's almost and mm. it plays off the title of the game itself. And we've talked about the, the video from Polygon, like like that Tetris effect, not to be the groany person using the title of the game in the podcast. But mm. like it really it, it does have a real effect on you to where you can just lose time in a way with this that it, it doesn't it doesn't translate to all other games. I mean, there's other games where you can just drop hours and hours and then be like, oh, where'd an afternoon go? But Tetris is just so consistently able to generate that with me. And I think 
obviously all of us, you know, or else we wouldn't be talking about it like this. I, I think another reason that it's so endearing is because it's not just a sort of really smooth difficulty curve at all by any stretch. What it does is no. it sort of peaks and troughs and it elevates that level of anxiety, that, that kind of acceptable level of anxiety that Tetris does before really letting you down. So you really feel like you're you're being kind of woven into the game or driven through the game. And that's kind of aligned with the music as well. So there's um the downtown jazz level, which is my least favorite in particular, because it's just freeform, like scat style jazz on a, a piano that just induces this like horrible level of anxiety before <laughs> you then end up going down to like really kind of melodic, smooth, you get a, a nice break and then you're being brought back through. So it's just a really almost like um natural way to just induce synesthesia in, in the player. Yeah, there's definitely a a lot of leaning on i think the the four themes of the game are kind of the real world so stuff like the town but there's also it's it's basically fire wind and or fire wind and air and water isn't it the uh air wind and air no you know the three elements so there's kind it's kind of the four elements in the earth is the stuff where it's it tends to be the more man-made stuff but then you've got the the levels that are set in and around the sea levels that are set in and around with wind and or rain elements and levels that are set in and around things that have fire to do with them. So I guess that it's appealing to us on that on that primal level as well. I was wondering, so Leah, we know that your history with Tetris goes back to uh, over 30 years or, or 30 years-ish with, um, with Game Boy Tetris. But in between times, is this, uh, were there any other versions that, because I'm sure when we went through all the myriad versions, on on that podcast i'm sure like brian we all had like we dallied a bit more with certain well-received versions like ds but again i just feel like is this maybe the first version that we've committed to getting better at and playing more properly than we had for decades yeah i mean i i I agree with what brian was saying about uh tetris ds um i i had a, a pretty uh a pretty decent amount of time sunk into mm. that one um but since then i don't think there's really been there was a i don't i know i know that i mentioned it on the show because i do no remember actually getting it on getting it for the show um but there was a very not great version of tetris <laughs> on the ps i think it's a ps4 version maybe it's an ea version i don't know i'd have to go back and look for it PS but three i think maybe, maybe. i yeah. it's it's a new yeah. new ish but not yes, you know yes. anywhere anywhere close to being new um yeah. but i think that probably since tetris ds this is the first one that i think has felt mm. good enough even just in mm. its mechanics not to mm. not to mention the um the surrounding elements that kind of blend yeah. blended with it um just the the base tetris in here is good tetris and I don't know that I can quantify exactly what it is about it that makes it good Tetris, but um, it just, it feels, it, it controls like you expect it to control, and it feels like you think it should, air quotes, feel. Um, so, like I said, I don't know that I can really quantify it uh, very well uh, beyond that, but uh, I, I would agree that this is a, a version that kind of hooked me for multiple reasons um whereas maybe some of the ones in between have not yeah yeah i certainly found with um so i, I really like uh, puyo puyo tetris which i guess we would have talked about on the on the previous tetris podcast 
and uh, and actually playing through that I had it first on PS4 and then on Switch that actually got me better at Tetris than I'd ever been up to that point uh, which is not great still but it was better than completely sub-mediocre which I was the previous few decades uh, so coming into both Tetris Effect and Tetris 99 and those both being really compelling versions uh, it at least meant that I yeah, wasn't completely unable to get through and see all the sights and sounds and even be semi moderately occasionally semi competitive on the on the online um and on the flip side i did want to talk about the that there is that interesting relationship here you actually used the a word rich anxiety and it is striking to me that this game that is capable of producing a certain amount of stress and anxiety at its uh when it's challenging and also RSI, which I know you got from the game, Rich. Uh, and, I've did, yeah. and I've certainly had painful thumbs from it as well. A game that can give you so much pleasure can also give you a little bit of anguish mentally and physically. It, it, it's so difficult. So so really what this is, it feels like an expose. I'll get on the chaise long, Leon, and we'll start to sort of deconstruct my psychology. What yeah. I realized is I started to use Tetris Effect as a means to try and deal with a lot of the actual day-to-day anxiety that was going on in my real life. I would stick yeah. the headset on and it would yep. become almost like therapy. And yeah. I think really that's what I'm like recognizing within this conversation that here is a game that actually had a, a mechanical uh thing for me helped me to deal with the the day-to-day mm-hmm. anxiety helped me to sort of feel like i'm accomplishing something and I, I don't think i've ever had that um experience or the relationship with any game so far hmm that's interesting yeah i i can totally see that uh rich i, I got a little bit of that out of this game uh, what you just described reminded me a lot of my um, when I, go, I was going through a particularly different, difficult time in my life when the original Rock Band came out and mm. learning how to play Rock Band drums became that for me. You know, you just kind of that yeah, yeah. that sense of progression, the you know feeling like you're getting better every time, seeing the numbers go up, but not in like a RPG level up way, but just as like measuring your personal physical progress and using that as a means of like kind of personal therapy or at least um, just healthy escapism is something that's that's uh, that's very powerful. So. Um, I'm glad that you were able to get that out of this game because, um, because yeah, I, I could totally, I could totally see that with this one. Yeah, the only issue for me is uh, like uh, playing it again. I've never really sort of filed it away as such; it stays installed permanently on my on my PS4. But going back to it again in the run up to this show, yeah, I, I completely had that session the other day where uh, I just was playing it and the music was playing and the visuals were pulsing away and my brain i could feel it you know, i could feel myself calming down uh and then and then i carried on with the expert level playing a, a bit that i'm you know is slightly beyond me without being you know really in the zone metaphorically uh and so i think there are times where i i just want to play this on the on my comfortable settings and um you know and just play it through on normal difficulty and just maybe try to improve my score a bit. But that I, I really like that because um, I think there's only a couple of points on the normal difficulty that I would now ever struggle on. So I can do the thing that Leah was talking about, which is starting at the beginning and going through to the end without any real fear of failure, uh, which which does mean that, yes, you can get a whole pretty much a whole evening of of being in that in that zone. I don't know if it, I think maybe it's. 
I think you kind of come in and out of the Zen kind of thing with it a bit. So like it initially kind of washes over you and, and it, yeah, it gives you that whatever rush of neurotransmitters, brain chemicals that, that make you feel better. And then maybe after a while you, I suppose, like with mindfulness meditation or whatever, you drift off and start worrying about things again <laughs> once you've once you've got into the uh, once your your muscle memory started kicking in. And then maybe it's when the, the levels transition that your uh, the, the, the audio visual side sort of takes over again and you start, you know, getting it, whatever the setting is, whether it's, you know, a rainy Japanese garden or, or snowy mountaintop or the moon, um, you start to get that, that sort of nice sense of tranquility and serenity again. Shadowless Kick from the forum says, at its core, Tetris has to be one of the most flow state inducing games there is. And the developers of Tetris Effect did an excellent job tapping into that potential and building a beautiful game around it. The marriage between the audio and visual elements is seriously impressive. It feels like every detail was carefully considered and polished to a shine. It's a joy to play. It's extremely addictive and even partially succeeds at the whole Zen thing it's going for. While the music here isn't the type I normally listen to, I think the OST is very well done and is great for motivating the player and driving the experience. I even bought a couple of tracks off Bandcamp. And as a testament to the effectiveness of the music in-game, I prefer hearing it with the interactive elements compared to the static mixes. My only gripe is with the vocals. All the lyrics really lay the whole we are one shtick on quite thick and venture into sappy territory pretty quickly for my tastes. I think the varied styles pulling from different parts of the world convey that message effectively enough without the need for spelling it out. Any thoughts on that? Close your eyes so you can see my vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one that I, I'm perhaps I, I don't get on with as well. I, I, I do agree. There is a bit of platitudinous kind of, oh, isn't it all? Everything's beautiful. But when it weaves its spell and when you're in there, like, yeah, I'll, I'll suck it up, actually. Isn't it nicer to think that? that naive naff stuff than the horrible stuff. <laughs> I don't have anything more to say than that. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a nice, almost fantasy to engage with. Like, not that I don't, yeah. not that I don't believe at, at the core of the message, what the, what the game is going for. Yeah. I, I do believe in that. Um, yes. I just kind of wish that everyone did. Everyone and it was more <laughs> represented in real life, I guess. Um, yeah. How about you, Leah? It doesn't strike me that you would, I'm, I could be completely wrong, but um, I don't know if, if you'd normally be diving for lyrics of that sort of um, nature. No, not really. But uh, I, I mean, I agree with what everybody else is saying. It 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 fits with the rest of the game. Um, if I were listening to it in isolation, kind of like I was saying before, I, I probably wouldn't as much. Um, but yeah. it, it's it almost becomes subliminal when you're playing it. Uh, when you're playing it uh, as opposed to if you're just listening to it. Uh, so I, I think in that, in that context, it, it does work because it's kind of just injecting that into your brain as you're going through. So you're, you're kind of, I, I think that's probably part of the reason why so many of us have emotional reactions to it is not because yeah. we're listening to the lyrics and going, Oh yeah, that really makes a whole lot of sense. I, that, that's <laughs> touching, but because, um, but because it's, it's kind of affecting us more on that subliminal level. How would you feel if they did a new Kids on the Block edition of Tetris uh, Day one, my friend. <laughs> is, there a, is there a collector's edition? I will pre-order now. Yeah. Uh, the, the top tier one, you go, you go out for a meal with them and everything. Um, <laughs> one of the 
uh, and I, I think it's a fairly invalid criticism, but one of the things you hear a lot with certain, uh, is often levelled at certain movie directors about them being manipulative. Now, from my point of view, all fiction is manipulative. Like it's all, you're always trying to create a mood and an atmosphere and make people feel something or, and it's the same with music. Um, but it seems, it's interesting that I think with Tetris Effect, you could say, well, it, the fact that it has the same effect on everyone or most people suggests that Mizuguchi and uh, co have just worked out how to do that. Like what the formula is to tweak people's brains, to show them the right things and make them listen to the right things to have an emotional response. Is it that, do you think it's that cynical or do you think it's just the, these people are very in tune with actually what there's obviously some, the fact that it is this quite universal slightly platitudinous content uh, concept of it's the earth we are all one all this kind of thing it, i guess it's quite it's kind of lowest common denominator in some ways and that, that sort of new agey hippie stuff but rather than us all being very um and not just us other games critics it could have been met with a real you know ro rolled eyes and 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 a cynical snarky sneer but actually everyone's just like yeah bring it on <laughs> I'm so pleased that you've you've kind of brought up the word manipulative because one of the things I like to do just to try and focus my regular stream of consciousness is just to write down some keywords about how I feel about a certain game. And I've wrote down exactly that, manipulative, question mark, pejorative, mm. question mark, the exact mm. same way. I, I think... I think there's a sort of an element of kind of class and, and a sort of an artistry about the way that they've kind of directed the game and the gameplay to be as affecting as possible and yes. really considered in the way that they've done that. So they've aligned difficulty in the game with actual difficulty in the or, or complexity in the music or, uh, I don't know, like keys that might trigger a certain emotion. This yeah. is a type of... Uh, of skill set and a, and a nomenclature that I don't have. All I know is that it seems to work really works. profoundly on, on me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting taking the music like removed from the gameplay because we can have, I think, really valid criticisms about the lyrics and the tone and, and say, you know, yeah, it's certain things about our manipulative. But when you, when, the, when like you said, the gameplay is mirrored with that so well, it kind of ceases being manipulative and kind of, in my opinion, and, and kind of just becomes like just part of the experience that they're trying to get every player to go for Universal. And, yeah, yeah and that's the mm. that's the thing like like lowest common denominator is is a valid criticism there but also when you go for the lowest common denominators because you're trying to get as many people on board as possible too so like right. it's it can be used in a, in a certain way um it's interesting too uh, especially and i think this goes for across a lot of the games that uh, Miz has been a part of because i was listening to the luminous soundtrack when i was cooking mm. dinner the other night cuz i always listen to game soundtracks when i'm cooking and some of those uh songs are lyrical offenders as well <laughs> and um yeah and, and but but when I'm when I'm playing Luminous, a game that I really enjoy, like I never think about that at all. And so it, separating one of the other, like the whole the whole vision, the concept of we are one, it, it is it is kind of hokey and kind of you know cheesy. But when man, when you're playing the game, it just it doesn't mm. it doesn't come across that way when you have the control in your hand. And I don't know what the magic is there to make that feel that way, but that's just the way that's the way uh -huh. it works for me. Yeah, I was thinking about this today because I posted a link on the Slack from Variety uh, and mm. it was a, an interview that they were having with the directors or, or some kind of, um, I don't know, like a biopic of, of the production of the game. And they were talking about how 
the game needed to feel good. And and my instinct is, did they have um, like a propensity to make an emotional game before Tetris came in, or was it the other way around? And I think that's a really interesting question to ask and a dynamic to observe, even if we don't necessarily have the answer. But it's certainly something that seems as though they put a lot of thought and effort into exploring. So there's a quote here about um, the game in which uh, it said... Uh, of Ishihara. It was so bad that during testing sessions, Ishihara often found himself falling asleep with the VR headset still on. The idea of anything or anyone falling asleep while playing Tetris Effect in VR feels alien to me, and it suggests to me that they went through a lot of testing and prototyping in order to get the, the right emotion and the right feel behind it. Yeah, for all of us, even those of us who you know, might be snootily listening, you know, picking apart lyrics by Stephen Malkmus or something like that. You're also, there's also those songs which say the the most obvious things, but they say them in the in the most beguiling, prettiest way. And sometimes that that's the most affecting. Like sometimes songs with bar-bar-bar choruses are just the most joyous to join in with because everyone instantly knows all the words and you get that that big buzz from uh, from that that shared experience the fact that you know that everyone feels and understands the same as you do i think there is something to be said for that joe bobonobo from the forum says tetris is one of those gaming series much like street fighter where i enjoy them but i am absolutely horrendous at i would fail continuously but i was always up for another go aware that nine times out of ten it was my fault that things didn't pan out it was only the Game Boy title that I was really familiar with, and since I've not played that for a decade and a half at least, it was no wonder I was a bit rusty going into Tetris Effect. But when I heard Mizuguchi was involved in this version, with his inkling for fusing music with gameplay, I had to check it out. I was wise to do so. The visuals and music combined to form one of the most aesthetically pleasing games this generation. That first level where the marine life flitters across the screen accompanied by whale song and that hypnotic beat was a stellar introduction to this title. I was hooked, and I wanted more. I did great until I got to the tribal beat level, where it gets very intense very fast. I hit a brick wall, and I swallowed my pride and switched to easy. I am old enough now where I can realise my limitations, and Tetris effect on normal difficulty was just that. So I started easy mode, and it was an absolute blast, perfectly retaining that one more go the Game Boy title held over me all those years ago. But then another brick wall, the very last level, Metamorphosis. Holy mother of God, but this is absolutely brutal, even at the lowest difficulty. I would always trip up at the same spot. After 60 lines cleared, it gets insanely fast, and I always mess up. I've tried on and off for weeks, and I just can't do it. This has become my personal gaming Mount Everest, which I have yet to conquer, and I am unsure if I ever will but I am sure to come back to it every now and then to at least give it a try. The Moorish quality of Tetris with a synesthesia of Mizuguchi, a winning combo if ever I saw one. Yeah, that's the subjectivity of difficulty again, right there. I bet the uh, the top tier difficulty doesn't go nearly far enough for some of the uh, the strongest players out there in the world. I imagine not. <laughs> I, I mean, Metamorphosis is is a very, very difficult level. 90 lines that need to be cleared. And if you can clear lines in multiples of two, then you're really doing well, especially in the expert difficulty. Uh, yeah. On expert mode, it begins at gravity level 16, which if you've played Terrace, you're probably familiar with it, and ramps up to gravity level 20. 
which is to say there is no animation between the <laughs> the yeah. puzzle piece like spawning on the screen and then just landing down on the floor. So you've really yes. got to have your wits about you. On the subject of PS VR or VR, if you're playing it on Oculus, uh, I hate numbers 23 says VR applied to something old. It's more than Tetris, I was told. Did not expect it to make me cry, yet it did. And I don't know why. <laughs> uh, for those of you, like, I, yes, I have played it in VR briefly, just the demo level, the first level. Um, and yeah, there's something about it, but I was playing all sorts of VR stuff that evening and it wasn't one of the things that stood out to me. For those of you who have the option and the choice and have played it both, uh, what are the the overriding pros and cons. I know you've mentioned the, um, the, the, the thing that everyone always talks about with VR, which is the hooking up. But I am conscious that probably um, maybe only one in five of our listeners or fewer have VR at this point. So uh, what, what is there to it? You know, was it, was it worth the outlay to play Tetris in VR or is it just another nice novelty that you can, uh, you can show off to your friends once in a while when they're allowed round <laughs> outside of a pandemic. I, I don't play at the at the high level Rich does, but um, uh, I find it it's easier to play for me in VR because the play yeah. field is bigger and closer to my face. Mm. Um, now I know that um, Leon, I know your setup. You're fairly close to your TV. I, I play. I probably play about six feet, maybe somewhere in that range, maybe a little more for my television. So and I, I do have a nice big TV now that I just recently got. So this is the biggest TV I've played Tetris Effect on so far. And even then, the play field is still such a small part of the screen that yeah. it can get a little difficult sometimes. But but like like we talked about all episode, <clears throat> once you're kind of in the midst of it playing Tetris, like that kind of it kind of all washes away. But I but it does. The, the the play field becomes a lot closer to you. Um, but then on the counterpoint to that is that the visuals are that much more, you know, in your face as well. So they take a hit as well. Do they? The, yes, the, they do. The resolution yeah. of the visuals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it's one of those things. It's I I have my PSVR hooked up um, and I'll probably it was kind of be six, one half dozen, the other if I decide to play in VR or not. Um, I think you could argue that it really does give change what experience are you looking for? You know, if you're looking to zone out VR, for sure, if you're looking to, you know, to improve your high scores, you're probably just going to want to play on the TV. That's my experience. I think I agree. I am. Um, I'm really not astute enough to really pick up on the kind of mechanical differences of playing between PSVR and, and I mean, like biomechanical differences of, of whether or not I have faster reactions. Um, but what I will say is there is a, a genuine benefit to me, at least, of the sensory deprivation that you would achieve from being in, in PSVR in that sense that you are kind of absorbed everything around you is black and so you're focused and more concentrated you have if you don't play with headphones in the way that i tend not to um the music's directly in your ears so you're more engaged and more involved uh, i speak for myself of course but i would imagine that's kind of reciprocated yeah. by many people i always play with my headphones on anyway surround sound Leah, have you got vr i can't even remember because if you have you don't bang on about it like other people do uh i do not no <laughs> that'll be why <laughs> fair enough uh so yeah other modes as well we talked a lot about the journey mode and i think that is the the star of the show no doubt it's uh top of the top of the menu and all that but of course uh there's plenty of other modes to play and not only that but they are not necessarily the ones that you find in in every other game so yeah they're called effect modes and there's some regular stuff like uh, marathon which is either 150 lines or you can do an endless there's a three minute 
uh, three sprint. minute ultra game, uh, ultra uh, the sprint, the forty lines game, the master mode, which is yeah fastest difficulty level, the chill marathon, sounds like it could go on for years, <laughs> and yeah the quick play with the playlists based around sea wind and world, uh, but yeah they're all um, there's some fun stuff like uh, the uh, target set which is kind of like the old arcade versions of Tetris where and, and Game Boy, where you've got some blocks already on the screen, I think, um, and you have to kind of clear them out. Um, there's a purify mode, which again sort of does hark back in some ways mechanically to older versions where there's there's blocks in there that have a kind of poison and will uh, and and the number of blocks rises or grows the the long you leave them without purifying them clearing them out um and there's also a mystery mode which is kind of a a bit of a novelty which keeps mixing things up every few seconds and again brings back some of the old elements from the older games like the bombs from bombtris possibly <laughs> and tetris battle guide um and does stuff like will shove a massive l block at you which is like the size of half your bucket or suddenly give you a bunch of um three dot pieces um tetra tetrum and the money you know them and yeah so it's a nice little suite and as i say uh, maybe it's the same for you guys as well and i haven't spent hundreds of hours playing all these but sometimes if i don't fancy the full-blown immersive synesthesia experience although the, these modes still have a certain amount of that there's a is a nice bunch of stuff to dip into i, I haven't really played a great deal of the rest of them all i will say i was checking the scoreboard earlier and i think leah you're in like the the top 3,000 people in the world for um, adventure mode or mystery mode or whatever it is. So I'm not sure if that's something that huh. you're just particularly attuned to or not. I guess I didn't. I wasn't really score chasing. So it's a natural talent. I'm just, I'm just that good, I guess. Get on it. <laughs> um, I will say I did spend genuinely no lie about 40 45 hours on sprint mode which is just ah. clear 40 lines as as quickly as possible just to try and see if i could get to the top of uh the canerance team and I, i'm nowhere near desa score and it really breaks my heart because i imagine that he just just did it with with no effort just really effortlessly there were a few out. months when the game first came out and i think it was mainly more the conversation was around scores on journey mode because it does it does st it is still score a score attack game on journey journey mode if you want it to be um and the, and it's more built around getting as many of the levels as you can in a row and getting good grades on each of the individual sections of the levels yeah. um but and i remember Leah and Darren in particular because they both fairly quickly overtook whatever modest scores I had, um, and there was some to and fro. I don't know how much time Darren put into that sprint mode. No I idea. He's, he's level forty-eight, which is nothing to sniff at. That's that's quite yeah. a lot of time. I would have thought maybe forty hours or so. Um, it's a different skill set, really. I mean, it's a different yeah. way to play the game than the journey mode is. We talked about a journey mode is about prolong uh, prolonging, elongating the game, whereas sprints more mm. about yeah, getting rid of everything as quickly as you possibly can. Toon Scottoon says, uh, I play Tetris Effect just about as often, though for completely different reasons as Tetris 99. I'm sure there is a scoreboard for this game, as we were just saying. But from the very first time I ascended to Planet Tetris in my living room for a few nights uh, into 2020, I never thought to look at it. Playing Tetris Effect was was and is a meditative experience for me, akin to hitting golf balls at a driving range or writing in a journal. It's not about achievement, not really. 
It's much more about just trying to be as present as possible while soaking in the warm visual and sonic glow of the game. Uh, Saifu from the forum says, I think I was excited for this as soon as it was announced and I was not sure what it would really entail, but then that's fine with the team involved. Mizuguchi might be considered a bit of a one-trick pony over the last few years. Just his trick is envelope-pushing music, visuals and emotions, and that's not a bad trick at all. Using Tetris to achieve his vision is pretty clever. In gaming, Tetris is just vocabulary, a building block for our understanding of the medium. Also, it is a pure flow game and so perfectly enables the player to feel it all snap into place. Nice allegory. Timmy Timer from the forum says, My mother never played any video games except for Mahjong and Tetris. I never appreciated Mahjong, but Tetris, that's one, that one definitely got me too in terms of its universal appeal. No other game is better at inducing a flow state upon me, with Tetris having been there since my childhood and also having been an avid competitive player on the now defunct Blockles. I was very keen for both Tetris Effect and Tetris 99. While I haven't tried it in VR, Tetris Effect is the most synesthetic experience I've ever had with a video game. Playing it through is such a journey of visuals, sound and music that is exceptionally satisfying. You will chuckle at some setting, the New York Jazz one, and gasp at others like the level in the clouds. I think the only complaint someone might have about it is that the effects can take up so much of the screen it might not work so well as a pure Tetris game. But that isn't the reason to play it. So yes, Tetris Effect Connected, possibly with a colon in there, will be added at release to Xbox Game Pass on November the 10th, 2020. So that's nice if you've not played it before. Maybe you don't even have a PS4, uh, let alone PSVR. You'll be able to play it if you've got a Game Pass uh, account. Uh, this uh, and the multiplayer expansion uh, with well this is a multiplayer expansion is what connected is hence the name it will be released later as a free update for ps4 and vr and on the epic game store and oculus quest in summer 2021 um, and there's been a couple of previews for that which sound promising we've got some three word reviews for tetris effect before we move on to 99 start with brian jobo bonobo says beautiful addictive brutal cosimode says block dropping beats simon nelson says tet romi whoa so i'm gonna i'm gonna attempt to sing this one in the hope that brian will follow up with the next one so saifu says come follow me chris and russ says i'm yours forever <laughs> tunes gatoon says ascension through removal shadowless kick says this is not singable. Kaleidoscopic puzzle meditation. <laughs> JV the skater says mindfulness, the game. Mark Hoogland says it's all connected. Thank you, folks. More later. In between the two, we've got Ashman86 from the forum who says, I've not actually been much of a Tetris player in my 30 or so years of gaming. I never had a Game Boy as a kid, which is a platform I know that many directly associate with the game. And I didn't see the appeal of puzzle genre games as a younger player. My wife, however, is a huge Tetris fan, despite being a pretty casual gamer otherwise. After the last Kana Rinse episode covering Tetris, I was inspired to pick up Puyo Puyo Tetris on the Switch, and I played some of that with my wife, although she spent way more time with it than I did. When Tetris 99 was surprise released, I downloaded it to our Switch and immediately handed the console over to her and watched her nab top 10 finish after top 10 finish. But 
I personally have yet to play a full game of it. Tetris Effect, however, is another deal entirely. I actually remember watching the announcement trailer for the game and feeling unexpectedly hyped about it. When it launched, games journalists I followed were buzzing about it, and I couldn't wait to get my hands on it. That is, until I saw the price tag and, for whatever reason, felt I couldn't justify spending another $40 on a Tetris title. In retrospect, my aversion was unjustified, because Tetris Effect is, in my humble opinion, a bona fide masterpiece. When I did finally play it just earlier this year, I couldn't believe how quickly I found myself addicted to it. I had games sitting on my backlog that I'd been dying to play, huge narrative-driven adventures like Red Dead Redemption 2 and Disco Elysium, but my urge to return to Tetris Effect for weeks trumped them all. I wasn't particularly good at the game, and I struggled to finish the standard mode on normal difficulty and eventually gave up on the final stage, dropping the difficulty down to easy. Hilariously, I didn't even discover the game's eponymous ability, which allows players to free time for a few seconds until I was two-thirds of the way through it. And yet, I didn't mind the challenge. The game's visuals and audio are hypnotic, and I long to return to them time and time again. I regretted only that I wasn't skilled enough at the game to really coast along once it hit its musical highs for me, because often those were the most challenging sections of all. It's the time of game I foresee myself playing on and off again forever, and I'm tempted to buy it again on PC to see some of the additional visual effects the game brings on the more powerful platform. Sadly, I have yet to try it in VR, but perhaps I'll have that opportunity in the future as well. Just one last thing on Tetris Effect. Mentioned there, uh, not knowing about the zone feature, that's something I heard a lot. People completing the game with sort of not wildly impressive scores. I, I even saw so, somebody post about it recently, like, I've completed the game, but my score's paltry. Well, and so, maybe it was maybe it was David Turner, somebody anyway, and somebody it responded saying... On the... Oh, was it, was it Carl? Oh, okay, right. I think maybe I've seen it more than once, in fact. And then, yeah, so people have played it say, yeah, do you know about the zone, going into the zone? And then they're like, what? Try <laughs> pressing a shoulder button. And um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's never really explained. There's no tutorial. Um, there's probably a, some kind of digital manual. But yeah, so if you do play it after listening to this podcast, don't forget, muck around with the shoulder buttons <laughs> from time to time. There's a little meter that fills up. Um, and again, I, I never, I've never really taken time to fully understand what fills the meter and why and how much, but essentially... If if it's full, you can make things easier for a bit and increase your score. Is the short version. So yeah, it was not long after uh, the release of Tetris Effect, just four months, five months, something like that, when there was a Nintendo Direct about uh, various bits and bobs, I think, for the Switch, and it was announced and released simultaneously. Almost. What is Tetris 99? It's a free-to-play Tetris Battle Royale. That's all you need to know. One of the things, uh, one of the aspects of the history of Tetris that we talked a lot about in the previous show, despite not really having enough experience of the games in question, was the fact that the developer, Japanese developer Arika, were responsible for the very highly regarded Tetris, the Grandmaster series of games on the Xbox 360, which weren't released here in the UK, but yeah, were 
considered by many Tetris experts as uh, um, some of the you know really most important modern Tetris games, along with their coin-op counterparts. Uh, Arika, of course, the developer behind Street Fighter EX and uh, uh, Fighting EX Layer, as well as uh, various other bits and bobs throughout history. Um, built on the Nintendoware bezel engine. Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> guessing it's the same one as Super Mario 35. Um, and yeah, it came out February 13th, 2019. There was a physical release in Japan, uh, in Japan in August 2019 and September in North America and Europe. Uh, and yeah, we'll talk about the DLC, the, the, the buyable bit as we move along. Reviews weren't quite as stellar as they were for Tetris Effect, but, um, but 83% still not to be sniffed at or sneezed at. And I think for a while it was uh, something of, a, of a, a little, yeah, one of those little cultural blips where for a, for a while at least everyone was like, oh my God, they've done it again. Um, Tetris, there's another Tetris game and it's another kind of essential game to play. Now, I don't think any of us here, I could be wrong, but I don't think any of us has quite the relationship with 99 as we've had with Effect. However, I think we've all at least dabbled with it some. So, uh, Brian, what's your, are you, are you any cop at this? Have you um, given it I... much? I, yeah, I, I played it. I played it quite a bit. Um, I I have I have never won. I've got I've got a load of second place finishes to my name. Um, That's not too bad. Yeah, I was saying I'm I'm pretty pleased with uh, with it. Um, I, I dip back into it from time to time. I was a day one adopter. It did seem like one of those things that like, hey, I've had this Nintendo Switch online subscription for a while. And yeah, you need that. We yep, say, and yeah. and I had they had the NES games on there, but nothing else really. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And uh, also the day it came out, February thirteenth is the holiest of all American holidays, um, mm-hmm. which was Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, no. Valentine's <laughs> yeah. Day Eve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, it was a Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, that day for Americans, like much other Sundays, um, is sit around and watch a ton of football, uh, yep. American football, lead up, and then um, and then watch the game. So I spent a lot of that day just playing Tetris 99 um and have fond memories of that day and then i've dipped in and out of it over the course of the last year and a half okay uh and yes it also like effect has a kind of internal level up system which unlocks avatars and things but doesn't necessarily gain you anything tangible as such depending on how tangible i suppose you think digital avatars are it's all relative um (laughs) leah you said earlier you you played some tetris 99 uh, I did, yeah. I I was mostly the um the same uh situation as as I was saying before. Um, I did not play much after I won around, but uh, I I did yeah, pick yeah. it up. I did pick it up uh directly when it launched. Um, I don't um actually celebrate uh Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but I think that <laughs> it weird. wasn't. It was this was twenty. Was this twenty eighteen or was this twenty nineteen? 19. 19. 19. Okay, I was going to say, because I think that was the year that Philadelphia won, but that was 2018. Um, so uh, I didn't have exactly the same experience, but I did play quite a lot. <laughs> um, and uh, once I kind of got to the end, uh, the end game enough to win that one round, I figured I was not going to ever be able to do that again. So I haven't played much <laughs> since then. Um, but uh, but I did win once, uh, which, which yeah. was a very nice feeling. So um, I do know some people who uh, like still are playing to it. I know that there's a lot of um, 
uh, skins and uh, themes mm. and such that you can unlock mm. uh, and a completely other mode, the Invictus mode, I think it's called. Um, oh, right. Uh, which you can only play if you have won uh, a round of regular Tetris 99. Ooh. So technically, I guess I could get in on that, but I don't really feel like being crushed um, champion of champions type no, stuff. yeah but i i'm i right. would i i feel like that would make me feel very bad about myself so i haven't actually touched it um yeah. but uh yeah have, have played a lot rich um okay cards on the table so after kind of a fusing over uh tetris effect now for the last hour and 20 or so minutes um I played Tetris 99 for the first time yesterday. Oh, yeah, I've probably yeah. put about three hours into the game so far, and I'm yeah. pretty bad at it. Quite mm -hmm. clearly, there's a lot of skills that don't necessarily translate from one to the other. Um, I put it off because I think it is that level of anxiety that Tetris uh, always seems to impart upon me that I just don't really need in my life. Although I recognize that for some people, it's the preferred game. You know, when you turn it on and you hear the Tetris theme, oh, I'm going to yeah. butcher the pronunciation here. Is it Korobinbianike? Oh, the, something the along those Russian lines. Russian theme, and yes. it just sends this existential dread over me that I'm not sure I can quite <laughs> get over. Um, as you yeah. probably imagine, never won. And um, I doubt I ever will, because it doesn't necessarily seem to be a game that plays by the rules. There's a lot of luck and such, which is not really my cup of tea, if you like. Yeah, um, mm, luck, well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I suppose you could say it's luck in terms of who you get matched up with. Uh, yeah, I downloaded this day one because why not? I already had the online subscription and it was Tetris and it was free and it was by Arika. So I was thinking, wow, I finally get to play uh, what should be a really crisp version of Tetris. Uh, and yes, I've only... I've, I've jumped in from time to time. I just occasionally fire it up, play normally just play literally one or two games of the Battle Royale mode. Uh, I did buy the, the DLC, which unlocks the kind of the regular modes. It's, it was uh, a, a very sensible price. I think it's $10, $10 or £8. Yeah, no, I checked yesterday. It was still still at that nine ninety nine. Yeah, just which if effectively turns it into a nice single player Tetris package with, with the Battle Royale mode as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't yeah wouldn't turn my nose up at that but uh of course um this is a recurring theme among our correspondents as well uh my partner really doesn't do much gaming at all these days just because she's extraordinarily busy and hardworking. but there was one day when i think she was uh, not feeling too well and i said you know you could play on my switch there's a really good version of tetris you remember how you used to play tetris ds loads and beat all those really good Japanese players so I yeah she borrowed my switch for a day and uh, of course she got a win on Tetris 99 and uh, then she like Leah retired I think I don't, she hasn't been back to it since um, so but it's on my account so it looks like I've got a win but I I'm a I'm a fraud and a charlatan I haven't I think my best finish is maybe 10th maybe 12th 10th something like that I'm not sure um my my average is any i mean i wouldn't say there is an average but i would say mid-table obscurity is my is my go-to um and i have been looking up in in the lead up to this show so the the probably the key mechanic to this version apart from being good at tetris and playing tetris well is the uh the right stick you lean it towards attacking different people basically from from the grid of 99 that it selects and 
by the way, it's still really easy to get a full game of this. Uh, I suspect it will be for a long time to come yet because the Switch has sold like 8 billion units and it's a free Tetris game. So, uh, yeah, you do the maths and all that. Um, but yes, so there's this whole stuff with the stick. Now, have any... I know, Rich, probably you haven't got there with this yet, but uh, Brian or Leah, you well, you won a game, Leah. How much of the... So, so what is it? You get to aim at you get to aim at people who have, uh, who are attacking you, mm-hmm. or people who are close to being knocked out. Yep. And there's a couple of other options as well. And this is stuff that I've just really started looking into now because I think it can make quite a big difference between finishing, say, sixtieth and twentieth. Right. So the way I understand it, and I know I, I have absorbed a lot of this just from talking to other people who have played much more than I have. Um, cool. The other two options are you can aim for people who have s- several badges yeah. already, and that's kind of the key mechanic that, we, um, that we'll probably talk about a little bit. In the, um, and then you can also, there's an option just for random, um, so you can oh, attack that's a random it. person. That's the default, yeah, which is um, but yeah, the kind con- if you get particularly good with playing Tetris one-handed, which you can with your left, you can use your right hand to pick individual lanes to yeah. attack so you can right. actually attack like if you're good enough at oh. your own at your own zone you can look and see other zones that you'd like oh this guy looks like he's the guy or girl looks like he's close to the end bang i'm gonna attack on them or you can maybe see that there's already three other people attacking somebody like oh i'm gonna attack them too Pile you know to try to yeah. exactly um <laughs> yeah. i am not good at that and i find um, the longer it goes pe- post release, my average finish just goes up, and I don't mean up in in a good in way, a good up way. in the numbers. Yeah. yeah, I mean it like like I was when I played. I played maybe two or three hours um, over the course of the last week, and I was averaging like between sixty and eighty. Were my like that was like right. my sweet spot there. I love the fact that this same core nineteen eighty four game can lend itself to this beautifully tripped out we're all one and connected hippie dippy experience but also this brutal battle royale takedown <laughs> it's the same game <laughs> uh when you got your win Leah, did you did you use the right stick or did you just play so damn well no one could touch you well i think it was maybe a combination of um of targeting and just playing so early that people hadn't had the chance to get really good (laughs) yet um i i used a lot of um i tended towards um attacking people who were attacking me um and i don't know if that was the best thing or not i i I, the Mm. best thing would probably be to switch between them um as 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 uh the situation dictated but uh yeah really i would just kind of pick one at the beginning and that one seemed to work out the best for me so i stuck with that most of the time so yeah what is the i I still am not clear i I, again i meant to look into it before we did this show but the badges stuff brian can you enlighten us a bit on that? so the way i understand it and i'm certainly not the not someone to speak on it with too much authority um is uh you get badges for a couple different um uh things you can do in the game the one that i see people going for the most is for knockouts so if you knock out another player you'll get down by in the bottom right of your lane you'll see it'll say ko's and have one and then you'll have a little like up arrow badge in this little window and the more knockouts you get, the more that of all those up arrows will increase. And that increases both the amount of garbage you'll send to other players. Um, it'll increase yeah. things like with comp. Like, there's also badges for comboing, um, which I don't fully understand because um, 
now this goes down a rabbit hole that I that I'm not equipped to <laughs> navigate. Yeah, but don't worry. um, so if there's certain different play styles for for lining up and getting big amounts of garbage sent to other players, but also yeah. you can do a playstyle where you want to clear like with every piece that comes, you can combo clear, 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 and the more mm. lines that you clear in a combo will also have different effects on other players. I'd be lying to you if I told you what exactly all those effects were. Um, yeah. So you'll see sometimes is that some of the best players, if you're kind of watching it, and I've watched some people stream it, um, where they'll they'll have like a situation where they're just doing one line, one line, one line, one line. Then mm. they'll spend maybe a minute or two building up one side of their lane and then just dropping the hammer on somebody. Um, so there is technique there. Again, not that I... I, I'm no, not able to execute it. it myself or talk about it coherently. But yeah, well, no, uh, none of us here is going to claim to be an expert player. But there is, I guess, it's just worth saying to the listener who hasn't played this. Maybe they don't have a switch or they just haven't downloaded it. Uh, there is more depth to this game than perhaps you might think. Just hearing the name and seeing it, even in action, maybe there is a bit more going on, kind of behind the scenes. Uh, the fact that there are dozens and dozens of YouTube videos kind of explaining strategies and tactics uh, to go into this game beyond just play Tetris well, because uh, obviously, for yeah, the vast majority of us, it is just a case of play Tetris well and hope <laughs> that you can survive yeah. uh, and yeah. maybe flick that right stick over to to yeah something that feels like it might have a beneficial effect at some point. Um, it's kind of uh, given so, how many multiplayer Tetris games there have been over the years with all kinds of different effects and mechanics and, you know, bombs and garbage and elemental effects and powers and, you know, crystals and everything you can possibly ever think of. They've kind of really stripped it back here to the garbage is essentially just stuff that fills up your fills up your well as it were there's no well that's the term i was looking for leon i told it a lane right? so many times well that's the word i was looking for thank you okay, okay never mind <laughs> but but there's no um there's no sort of weird playing around with uh quotes gravity like in uh, the next tetris or anything like that there's no um there's no sort of there's nothing particularly quirky about it it's quite despite all that all that i've just said about the stuff behind the scenes and the and the extra sort of layers of strategy um it's not a a particularly avant-garde <laughs> um attempt at a, a tetris game so the thing about tetris multiplayer that i have always liked and and this is maybe just specific to me is i love tetris multiplayer as like a, a couch co-op or at least um at least with voice chat maybe if you're playing with somebody over the internet because the some of the most fun that i get from playing Tetris with other people is that either the look and sounds on their or your own face where you're suddenly just hit with a wall of garbage yeah. or a attacks yeah. and you you can literally hear the other person like like cursing out loud because Sorry, because the of panic. the yeah the pain that you're now inflicting on them or vice versa because that normally leads to laughter and then just joking mm -hmm. around and and so that has always been for me the 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 fun of Tetris multiplayer and the thing that Tetris 99 does very well is that it it it, it runs so well you connect to other players so well and 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 it does all these things great but it just takes out some of that fun the kind of the go goofy fun of just playing tetris with one other person so i i think that's why i maybe didn't connect with it as heavily as other people i know some people that literally it's still their everyday game so yeah 
Yes, there's certainly something to be said about uh, the yeah, the local multiplayer puzzle game one-on-one experience, whether it's a Puyo Puyo or a Puzzle Fighter or something like that. I certainly remember slanging matches between uh, between me and my friends. Taste my foul beans, you know that kind of <laughs> that kind of malarkey. Uh, Tetris doesn't quite have the same. I think it's partly uh, one of the reasons Tetris Puyo Puyo Tetris uh, is has a lot of fun to it is because you've got as well as the tetris blocks and you can reskin them and whatever else but you've also got the puyo puyos just the fact that they've got eyeballs and expressions just brings it <laughs> uh, makes it a little less clinical we haven't actually talked about the audio visual side of this this one yet um it's come on a bit since it was first launched the, the initial download was pretty bare bones um, and as Leah said, you can now there are special events and you can unlock skins for different Nintendo IPs and, and they come with different music and so on. So there's loads in there if you if you put the time in. Um, but by default, it's uh, I would say it's uh, quite plain and functional. And the, the the aforementioned piece of Russian trad music is is a fairly infuriating, high energy sort of Euro beat version of it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So it's worth unlocking some uh, some stuff to not to have to listen to that forever. Um, anything else to be said about the audiovisual presentation? I mean, it's kind of cruel to make a comparison to um, Terrace Effect <laughs> as well, but it is it is immediately kind of um, noticeable and 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 very clearly uh, less. Um, so it's so subjective to say this, so I apologise, but less impressive than than Terrace Effect is at the same time. But uh, it, it's totally functional and it replicates um, conventional Terrace in the way that I recognise it. Yeah. It is kind of impressive that you can see all other 98 players' boards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that when I was watching this vi- video. They are very small. And like we all consider, you know, as obviously we're not all, you know, like pixel counting snobs or whatever, but... We know that the Switch is currently the the least powerful bit of hardware out there of the current gen, and uh, and it you know, it it only does up to 1080p on a do- on a docked screen and 720p on a on a handheld screen, and yet that apparently is enough. Se- even at 720p density, is to show quite readably 99 play 99 actual live games of tetris on one screen which i do think is commendable there's mm. never any slowdown or or i've never had a single game that was affected by lag or anything like that it just seems to be absolutely like rock solid streamlined yeah. both in-game code and net code and i'm not trying to throw any type of shade like but that's a legitimate surprise with a product a multiplayer product on the nintendo switch yeah, because there are there's just been game after game after game that that would have been maybe had its life extended or like I mean your yeah. Smash Brothers Mario yeah. two yeah. like where with these huge online issues and then this to come out where you're thinking like oh they're gonna connect a hundred people and like it just works like just instantly immediately yeah. and you're finding matches so quickly and it's it really is it's it's a it's an absolutely you know silky smooth playing experience for sure. If only they used the netcode from this on all their tentpole titles. <laughs> I'm sure it's that simple, Leon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mega Dirt from the forum says all other versions of Tetris seem painfully clunky in comparison. My ex girlfriend and I wouldn't go anywhere without a Switch, and she went out of her way to apply for a phone contract that came with a Switch just so she could play Tetris 99. And she never really gamed before that. 
ate my life for a year. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that the, the, the core thing about Tetris 99 beyond the Battle Royale multiplayer is the fact that the actual version of Tetris, even compared to Tetris, Tetris Effect, to me feels ultra crisp and it's definitely crunchy and 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 like you feel everything kind of click in when um yeah. when the the tetronomos kind of make contact with the other thing i'm not sure i necessarily prefer that i know that's yeah. an issue of taste yeah tetris effect certainly feels a little bit more slippery especially yeah. when you're trying to maneuver uh blocks that are ready to to kind of land in position around the the play field and that's like, I don't mean to be this guy an hour and 40 minutes into the podcast or wherever we're at now, but like, boy, Tetris is just a good game by design, huh? <laughs> like, because cause you look at that, you can describe Tetris in so many ways when it's really just four squares arranged to make different shapes that you try mm -hmm. to make straight lines. Seven out. of them. It's, is it seven? It's, yeah. yeah, I think so. It's unbelievable. Like, it's just like mm. that we can have these two completely different experiences within a year. I mean, not even a year. What, four months, five months of each yep. other? Yep. It's yep. just it's just incredible. Like, and and how you can say, like, Rich, like that, that this is a little too crunchy for you. And I agree with you. I, I prefer the Tetris Effect experience. But then you have mm. people like um, like our correspondent Megadirt saying that uh, um, people going out and buying switches just just to play that version yeah. of Tetris. It's just what a hell of a thing. Like, it's just yeah. you, you don't. Games like this do not, I'm not talking about Tetris 99, but Tetris, the grand Tetris, they just don't yeah. come around often. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, mm. you could put it up there with like Mancala and like chess probably, you know what I mean? And mm. like the history of game as yeah. like just this thing that transcends it's, it's, For it's sure. just, it's just wild. Sorry to, to, to be no, that no, guy. No, no, <laughs> Absolutely valid. I know, I'm, obviously, I'm not saying you know, anything you, new. <laughs> well, well, no, sure. But you weren't on our original Tetris mm. show, and I'm, I'm sure we, we had that sort of conversation. There's a there's a sort of a rather hoary old cliche, which I'm, I'm sure came up at the time as well, which is something that somebody said once, and now a lot of people just kind of repeat it without really explaining what they mean. But they say Tetris is, quotes, the perfect game. Um, <laughs> and... You know, while I, I sort of don't want to use that sort of hyperbole, I get where it's coming from, like because it is the fundamentally the exact same game as was designed in 1984. And obviously it's been iterated upon literally thousands of times, uh, including all bootlegs and, you know, fan games and whatever else. Uh, and it's still got, yeah, I could fire up my switch now. We could all fire up our switches now. And all find ninety nine other people, ninety eight other people playing Tetris ninety nine, probably all different games, and uh, and some of those people who you come up against, no doubt, will have just been playing that for weeks and months and years. Uh, I mean, that says something about that. The core. I just want to come in just for a second and and just mm. kind of open up a discussion. I I mean I, I'm no authority on Tetris ninety nine. Obviously, I've kind of revealed that I've spent a very limited amount of time on there. Part of the reason is because it's on the Switch, and and I don't necessarily find the Switch very comfortable and mm. enjoy playing Tetris for that matter on the Switch. A hundred hours after playing. Um, uh, Tetris effect on the PlayStation and uh, getting over a repetitive strain injury because of Tetris. I find the switch to be very ergonomically kind of miserable and trying to play Tetris effect on, on the joy cons mm. is, is not particularly yeah. very pleasant. Actually well worth raising the controller issue, Brian. No, I was going to say, I, I found, and this is another topic all entirely. 
I splurged for myself last year and bought the Demon Ex Machina Joy-Cons for the Uh Switch that are basically, it's basically just taking an Xbox controller and splitting it in half and putting one on inside. And I can't tell, I play my Switch, as someone who plays mostly handheld, and we've talked about that before, Leon, um, I I don't play on my TV that much, so I'm not using the Pro Controller. The amount of time I spend with my Switch now has significantly increased because of the increased quality of the controller. I I cannot play with normal Joy-Cons anymore without feeling like I'm missing out. So, yeah, yeah, I I get that 100%. You can, um, you can obviously, uh, yes, you can get third-party controllers and stuff like that which do a, a perform a similar uh s- function as those uh daemon x um which i've, I've totally forgotten about that game <laughs> existing yeah, me but too. i've never played the, the game but i the love the controller the, controller the only thing Legacy. i know the only thing that shows that it's that controller is that the literal x button on the controller looks like the x from the marketing and the demon x machina so that's yeah. the only thing yeah but it, it is it is a it has changed the way i play it for sure yeah, well, pros and cons for me then. Yes, I'm a probably a 90% docked Switch player. Uh, but so I use the Pro Controller for playing Tetris 99. And as much as the Pro Controller, it's not cheap. It's uh, it's not as, as much as an Xbox Elite, but it is, uh, you know, around the 60 quid mark. The analog sticks, the triggers, the, the, the ergo- ergonomics of that controller, I think are stellar. The D-pad not so much yeah uh it doesn't have the best d-pad which is a real shame for a nintendo controller to have a slightly subpar d-pad so then obviously the joy cons are an option but then you don't even have you've either got analog stick which is not ideal for tetris or buttons uh but there is another option which is what i've got which is the for playing handheld which is a hori uh, left joy con only with a top tier d-pad on it so there are lots of lots of ways you can make the game better for yourself. And again, anything to avoid the situation, Leon, where you attempt to move the piece left and then instantly hard drop it. That uh, is a yeah. point that I want to dash my <laughs> controller off the floor and punch a door down because that is unforgivable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, my my pro controller's D pad is not it's not the best, but it's 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 not let me down that badly i know i think they vary a bit in in quality i think maybe i was i was slightly lucky with mine um but yes playing with analog is a bit of a non-starter for me although i'm sure it's perfectly fine for plenty of people and yes the other element or, or consideration i already mentioned it earlier but yes you probably will find that uh although there's never zero latency because you've still got you're still inputting and then it's going through circuits and whatever else i think the latency playing on handheld will be considerably less than playing docked. Although there's a guy on YouTube who does a lot of testing around this for shmups particularly. Obviously the theory's the same. Uh and actually he's his findings that uh on a decent modern screen your docked isn't that really like appreciably more latency loaded than hmm. than handheld. So Alex seventy nine UK says i love tetris everyone loves tetris and i thought i was okay at it until that is i played tetris 99 what a great concept totally spoiled for me by a complete inability to break into the top 50 i just don't find it that much fun to play being constantly and relentlessly destroyed the addition of the team-based mode fairly recently has at least made the game a bit more accessible and i found myself more drawn to that any time i've played it my son is much better than me, 
so that any time there's a Grand Prix with unlockable skins, I'll generally get him to earn them for me. So Tetris 99 then, the core game is brilliant, is as brilliant as ever, just ruined for me by other people. The, um, yes, they've, they've, they've added bits and updated it. Uh, it does, it doesn't get like, it's not one of the games, like a lot of modern games that seem to get updated once a week, but it, but it has had a few, uh, a few patches and passes and things like that. Toon Scottoon says, like a lot of people, I booted up Tetris 99 on release day in part because of the novelty of it. And in part because like a lot of players, I imagine I had a question I wanted answered. Was I any good at Tetris? Turns out I'm OK. I found my way into the top 10 that day. And over the last 18 months, I've even managed to eke out a couple of second places. But I'm not that good because I've never quite gotten over the hump for a win. Still, about once a month, usually when Nintendo offers up a new theme for the game, I return to the block-falling Colosseum to try my luck against the masses. Thinking I'll get just the right combination of T-spins, Tetrominoes and KO badges. Maybe someday. Yeah, it's quite a cool feature that uh, they, they do these special events, often to tie in with recently released games. So there was an Animal Crossing one. Uh, can't remember what else there's been this year but there's been a few um if a big game comes out on the switch there's and it's a nintendo package there's a chance there'll be a tetris 99 uh skin for it with uh, new music and graphics and avatars if you can if you can get online and play it i, and, I don't know like how hmm. like it, it'd be interesting to see and there's no way we'll ever know this specifically with nintendo because of how secretive and kind of internal the things yeah. were. I, w I wonder if they had projected this to be the success that it was or if they were kind of, you know, yeah. eh, it's going to be a one-off, you know, we'll make a Tetris Battle Royale and we're going to release for free, get people to mm. sign up for the online service for it. And then seeing the kind of rabid fandom for it, were they then like, oh, we should take a look at how to yeah. monetize this better, you know, because cause now, like I, I, like I said, I'm not one of these people, but people will log in just for the skins. I know people who spent, you know, decent money on the tickets in order to get the... Because there's like oh, yeah. Donkey Kong skins and there's a Legend of Zelda Overworld map skin that they're all yeah. very cool and 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 perfect in free to play games. I have just not enough tickets to get those skins, and if I you know if I only mm. spend a dollar or two, I could you know get them right now. Yeah. You know, so it has those mm. trappings, but they're not it does yeah. but they're not obscene. I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think so. um, yeah. So I wonder how like if this was planned to be this the essentially a now almost two year long running live service game or if it was planned <laughs> as a runoff it, it's interesting um i wish i could you know somebody somebody leak those memos to me i, I won't share them with anybody else. i just want to i just want to know what the plans were for it it's probably done better for them than uh, nintendo badge arcade on 3ds did although i missed that rabbit timmy timer says tetris 99 is a must play if you have a switch and both the best battle royale game and the most addictive video game I've ever played. Wow. It has had me playing well into the night thinking, I'll play just one more. I'll just play one more over and over again. One of the most fun things to do is to intentionally build up very high so you can get a bunch of attackers on you since they have KOs on and then drop multiple Tetrises on them in a row, killing them all. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, yes, so the DLC came out. It's called Tetris 99 Big Block. That was May 2019 uh, and added the CPU battle. So it's essentially you can play the same game but offline. And the marathon mode, which is your classic Tetris, pretty much. Uh, four offline modes in total, in fact. CPU, 
marathon uh with which also keeps your high scores i think then you've got the local arena mode which allows you to play up to eight switch players or four up to eight switch players together play together in the same arena via local wireless and a two-player share battle uh, where you can share joy cons and play the same game i think for ten dollars that was a perfectly decent package Saifu says, just an excellent simple take on the Battle Royale genre. It works perfectly as an arcade game and keeps that short, sharp shock of joy and frustration perfectly pitched. I wish it had some nicer skins, though, but that might be because of Tetris effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think the engine that Tetris 99 is built in is um, is quite up to sort of Unreal Engine 4 <laughs> standards of prettiness, even if the Switch could do it. That would be quite something, though, wouldn't it? If they did a Tetris effect skin for Tetris 99. Mm. And finally, from our correspondence, we've got Steve Norman, who says, I played the original Tetris to death on the Game Boy, leading to extensive personal experience of the Tetris effect phenomenon, which is why my complete aversion to this game continues to disappoint me every time I periodically convince myself I must still be missing something. I want to love this so much. But the gameplay additions leave me cold. The music isn't my cup of tea and the visuals give me motion sickness on a normal TV, let alone in VR. I do get the appeal of Tetris 99 if that's your bag, but I'll stick with my Game Boy. Thanks. Hmm. So <laughs> unusually, I've, I've finished with the with the most negative piece of correspondence. But, you know, Steve might speak for others like what's the fuss with all this crazy nonsense battle royales and audio visual synesthesia when you can just play Tetris on the Game Boy? Or download the Game Boy version on your 3DS. <laughs> uh, and a few three-word views just for Tetris 99. Alex79UK says, Tetris for masochists. Timmy Timer says, do not panic. Saifu says, who did that? Toonskatoon says, one more try. And Alejandro says, addictive, fun, stimulating. All right, so to summarise, would we recommend one or both and what we think of them? Uh, well, I'll just go quickly first. Uh, I was really pleased that, I don't know, somehow that Tetris came along again in both 2018 and 2019 and remained, became again, once again, sort of leapt to the top of, well, not the top, but, you know, in the conversation of, important games of the time people's games of the year lists um one of them free one of them maybe not quite premium priced but relatively pricey for a downloadable game but i think given the sort of the package that you get and the uh once you factor in the the audio visual side i think it makes quite a lot of sense that effect is considerably more expensive than 99 however for those who are into it for the into the classic purist battling multiplayer battling of Tetris and the concept of the Battle Royale, Tetris 99 represents infinite value for money, effectively, especially if you don't even buy the, the bolt-on DLC. Um, but yeah, my although I don't spend a huge amount of time with Tetris 99, it's just an occasional uh, dalliance. Uh, it's always fun when I do, even if I do badly. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll probably still continue to chip away at it to try and unlock some of the more desirable skins and and whatever else and hear some different tunes to that fairly uh infuriating um <laughs> default music uh but tetris 99 as one of our earlier correspondents said sorry tetris effect 
is one that I will absolutely keep returning to. Really looking forward to the uh, the multiplayer stuff on uh, on Xbox when that arrives. I'll probably download that on my Xbox One X straight away, even if I'm not currently next gen on on Xbox. Uh, I think it, I think it's, there's no reason why it wouldn't uh, work perfectly well on that platform. And um, hopefully, it all the 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 connected um, add-on DLC update whatever will engender another spark in another uptick in people playing and enjoying tetris and and battling over the net and um maybe it will get people playing the multi, uh, the single player modes for high scores again on the xbox and uh will not that i'll be properly competitive but i just like it the sort of the general buzz around it um but yeah uh like everyone said tetris effect actually an emotional experience even out of vr as as somebody who doesn't have PSVR, I can attest to the fact that, uh, yeah, the game moves me and um, makes me feel better about everything sometimes when I'm playing it. And that's that's a pretty good recommendation. Um, I'm just going to go in alphabetical. Let's say Brian. Um, yeah, I this is for both these games um I, I feel like the recommendation is for sure there. And then a lot of that comes to the fact that in order to play 99, you just need a Nintendo Switch Online subscription. And, and in order to play uh, Tetris Effect in a couple weeks, you'll just need a Game Pass subscription. So you can kind of get in for for very, very low amounts on either one. So I think if you're interested in Tetris, which you probably are if you've listened to all this, they're both, um, yeah, they're both totally worth playing. Uh, 99 just isn't for me in, in the long run, but I like it still. I, I like what it does. I like I said before, any any chance to package Tetris in a different way, a unique way, is fun, and and obviously a lot of people have um have you know gravitated to. Um, but I will say that Tetris Effect is just one of those games that like it kind of it's it just it just kind of rises above all, everything else. Um, I think of Tetris Effect in the way that I uh in the way that I kind of think of um oh what's a good example like um. It, it it rises above its peers just because there's so many little additional things that just engage you. Um, the the synesthetic quality we talked about the entire time. It's just there's something to that in the way that it's done. Like it, it just it's un it's almost unlike anything else, while still also being just Tetris. So like it's it, it's a, it's kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of really cool things, and I think that it, it's 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 just one of those must plays of the generation. Like when I'm looking back on the PS4, Xbox One, this period of time, like Tetris Effect will be one of the games that I will make sure is preserved for me on a hard drive somewhere so that any point in the future I can just hop right back in it because it's one of those games that I'm going to want to revisit forever. It'll load a lot quicker on PS5 as well, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like everything, we'll just keep saying that. Uh, Leah? Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that I definitely recommend Tetris Effect. I think that it's uh, a really, uh, it can be a really personal experience and a really uh, emotional experience. Um, and even if you don't have that particular reaction to it, it's still just a really good Tetris game. Uh, so I, I do recommend playing that just kind of for the experience and the the spectacle even of it. Um, if you have access to VR, I do not, but um, it seems like that might be a really nice showpiece for it. So mm. um, that might be something to look into as well. Uh, Tetris 99, I think if you, again, if you have access, if you have a Switch, uh, and especially if you already have the Nintendo online service, uh, it's it's worth giving it a shot if you enjoy Tetris just to kind of see 
how things go. Maybe you'll get sucked into it. Maybe you'll be one of those people who's still playing it months and months from now. Or maybe, you know, you just give it a couple of rounds and decide it's not for you. Either way, it, you know, it's not that, uh, not, not a thing that is going to cost you a whole lot to get into time-wise or m money-wise. So uh, I, I do recommend that as well. Uh, if you're only going for one, I would probably say Tetris Effect. Uh, I would definitely say Tetris Effect. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that they are both really solid versions uh, that I am glad that I have tried. Who knows, we might be back in another couple of years talking about two more crazy, good, interesting versions of Tetris. Uh, Rich, we'll conclude with you. Hmm. So I have a, a predisposition not to like Tetris because I don't enjoy any game that causes me anxiety. And I think if you do, yeah, power to you, but uh, not me. Um, it's it's kind of weird saying that because controversially it is probably a, a perfect game as we've previously discussed, but I personally find it to be quite dull. So just raw Tetris by itself, not, not a fan. But um, the Tetris 99 and Tetris Effect relationship is an interesting one because obviously they were kind of released in succession with one another and, and I picked both of those games up within a month of one another as well. So I feel like I'm kind of forced to like take sides here and so what i'll say from the offset is that i don't mean to pit one against the other so i'll recommend both as good games of tetris and you're bound to get a good game of tetris out of any one of those but what i think is really fascinating about it is that tetris effect adds a dimension of emotion whereas tetris 99 adds a dimension of mechanic to it and the mm. both both of the games stand in isolation as excellent examples of a, a game of tetris but for me it's a very easy choice to make tetris effect is a game i've spent 109 hours in tetris 99 is a game i've spent two hours in and i don't regret that decision um I like to think of Tetris Effect in particular as like a, so this is probably going to date me and, and age me at the same time as like listening to an album by Tool or the Mars Volta. You need to listen to every single al uh, track in the album back to back in a sequence in the way that they've been cre uh, curated to get the full experience out of them. And, and it's no different for Tetris Effect as it is. I find that Tetris Effect is profoundly affecting and emotionally manipulative which actually if you're open to in the same way that i am you're probably going to be able to use this in a sort of um, mechanical way to help you maneuver through things or maybe get through a few things in the same way that i have tetris connected which is what's coming up i'm not so sure I think Tetris Effect is kind of a deeply personal experience so the idea of adding a multiplayer component to that doesn't necessarily immediately appeal but we'll wait to see what comes out of that because it could be something that's very fun yeah, we can't review that yet. We literally haven't played it, but um, all right, Tetris, Tetris again um, for now. <laughs> uh, and so it remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, Leah, Rich, Editor Jay, all of our correspondents, and of course to you for listening. And to tell you that next time in issue 444, we shall return to the Obra Dinn.
Time that we take